0: Welcome to In the Mouth of Monster. I'm your host, Monster Dugan.
1: And I'm Sarah Gregory.
0: And on today's episode, we'll be talking more uh, Carol Baskin and the Dancing with the Stars. Uh, we'll also be reviewing the smash, uh, smash hit indie horror film Psycho Ape. And we have a special double double interview lined up for you today. We'll be interviewing Director of Marketing and uh, Public Relations at Sun Studios of Arizona, Chris McLennan. And local indie actress, writer, producer, director, and filmmaker, uh, Danita Williams Trigg. And so, Sarah, uh, did you get a chance to watch this, uh, last Dancing with the Stars with the uh, Carol?
1: I did for, uh, Disney Week.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, it's funny because a coworker and I were talking about that, and I asked what she did, and uh, before I even had a chance to watch it, and I should have known it was Lion King. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't surprise me at all that they picked Lion King, and it also didn't surprise me that that was like her last week.
0: <laughs> all right? Um, did you actually watch the dance, or did you get? to I did. To I did. Yeah, it, it wasn't very good. Um, there was one part where she was literally just standing there and moving her leg. And I was like, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, you got to have some kind of rhythm. You're on a dance show, for God's sake. <laughs> she like slept her way through it. It's just, it's just, I Pretty don't know. much. That's how it felt with every dance was like, it's almost like she, she just didn't have a clue how to get into rhythm whatsoever, you know?
1: It was like the same tiger claws, too. Like her, her yeah. whole hands just stay the same the entire time,
0: and a couple of spins here and there, and that was about all <laughs> she could really do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, but I. Uh, so I was reading some stuff up. Um. So let me. Uh, let me uh, check out some of the stuff I saw here. So. Uh. uh recently. Um. I guess. So, Joe Exotic said, uh, or I guess he's uh, been ordered to pay uh, Carol a million dollars for the zoo fe- feud and um, says that he may ditch uh, his Winniewood Zoo to become a model, claiming Playgirl and other magazines showed strong interest in his provocative photos of, that he posted on Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's not um, a joke. <laughs> no, apparently not. apparently this is for real. This is yeah. So uh yeah cuz I I guess she uh finally took over the zoo and um they kicked um uh what was his name uh, Jeff Low out and um apparently he had to pay or uh, he or uh, what was it he did let me see here um uh One more on here uh, I can't find it but I guess he removed all the animals and took them someplace else and um, I guess she's you know she's in in charge of the zoo now and is looking to sell it and she has um, some stipulations you know that people can't sell or can't uh, breed tigers and and whatnot there but I thought it was pretty funny and they said he took off Jeff Lowe just took off pretty fast so <laughs>
1: What else can happen in twenty twenty? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, well, um, so uh, let me see what else because I had something else on him here too. Let me see if I can pull it back up. Oh no, I can't find it. Um, but uh, apparently there's a. Uh, The zoo, Joe Exotic's zoo, is supposedly haunted and uh, Ghost Adventures are going to do an episode there, they said. Because is
1: it where uh, Carol Carol Baskin's husband is buried?
0: I I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's what's uh, haunted about it. (laughs) You know, could could very well be. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, things aren't looking too lively over there as it is, so. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Literally. Yeah. (laughs)
0: And today in our video, deadlies, uh, we're going to review the low budget, low budget independent horror comedy, Psycho 8. And uh, what did you think about this uh, movie, Sarah? I actually happen to be an executive producer of it, so I'm a little biased, but um, I, I thought it was hilarious. I, I was wondering what your take is on it.
1: Oh, honestly, I thought I thought it was hilarious as well. I um, it gave me quite a good chuckle, and the references to other movies and stuff were it, it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Psychwipe is uh, written by uh, Stephen Albers, uh, Greg uh, DeLiso. I hope I'm saying that right. And Addison Beinick, and directed by Addison Bynick. Uh, it stars Bill Whedon as uh, Doctor Zumas, which is a play on Doctor Loomis from Halloween. Uh, it stars Kansas Bowling, that plays Nancy Banana, and she's uh, she's she was recently in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, it stars Stephen Albers as the psycho ape. And, um, I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, the fact that the, uh, Nancy banana is in love with the psycho ape. And, um, so basically the psycho ape escapes from the zoo and goes on a killing spree and he meets Nancy banana along the way. And they start to form a relationship of some sort, which I thought was just hilarious. There were some great scenes in that stuff. um, there was a teenage uh, uh, a house party, as they kept saying it was a teenage party. Teenage and, uh, party. <laughs> there was a guy in a, in, a, in another gorilla suit who was like, "Hey, I'm just here to scare my teenage girlfriend." And then um, later in the scene, Nancy Banana's like, "Hey, why don't you leave the teenage girl party?" Uh, I was and it had me cracking up. I was just I was rolling. <laughs>
1: I uh, personally liked when they were going back and forth, if uh, Toy Story was a better movie than Ratatouille.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. that Oh, that was great. Um, yeah. Uh, Ratatouille, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., which, I, you know, I happen to be a little biased on that one, too, as, uh, you know, I would pick Monsters, Inc., you know, being, being a monster and all, but... But yeah, that was my that was probably my favorite part of the entire movie. I just thought that scene was hilarious. She went on the whole monologue and ripped off the whole monologue. And apparently when they were filming it, that was them really standing around talking about it and she just decided to do that from what I was told and they just decided to leave it in cuz they thought it was hilarious. So Well, it was a good
1: choice to leave it in cuz that was really funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was one of the best debate scenes I've seen in a movie in a while. <laughs> <laughs> the one girl's yelling at her like, "I can't believe you! I'm so mad at you right now!" I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I also liked uh, the uh, uh, Gilroy Shithouse and Belinda Gilronin, the uh, two news anchors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were just hilarious. And there, uh, there was one part where they were like, "Hey, uh, Bigfoot! Uh, Bigfoot was killed, and nobody cared about it." <laughs> because the psycho wave was on the loose so everybody was just it was just worried about the psycho ape not the fact that bigfoot the bigfoot got killed <laughs> you know so i thought that was that was just hilarious and mm-hmm. uh, uh like i like when they were uh, uh cooking the chopped up bananas in the oven and then like <laughs> they pull them out and you can see like the steam or or the um you know the smoke coming off of them you know that must just must have been horrible just because there was some of them with the peel still on and (laughs) so uh, and and, uh, I I want to say we can't I can't forget Matthew the dog what did you think of that when he's humping the psycho apes leg (laughs)
1: Oh, Matthew was, like, the star of the show. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Just at least of that scene.
0: I mean, he <laughs> killed it. The funny thing is, uh, and I and I'm sure you probably didn't know this. I didn't know this either until I was talking to Greg uh, DeLuso, and he mm-hmm. told me that. I said, Matthew should have his own IMDb page, and he said he does, and I looked it up. And <laughs> sure enough, Matthew has his own IMDb page. I'm not That's Matthew. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hey, that's, you know, for a dog to have his own IMDb page? Man, you're, you're, you're living the life right there. So... <laughs> He's
1: doing better than I am. Good for Matthew.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I mean of course that's his only credit as Psycho Wave, you know. He's like he's only basically has the two scenes because I don't know if you saw the, the stuff at the end, you know, the all the blooper stuff where he's mm-hmm. he's actually humping Nancy Banana's leg. So and she's like, Matthew you know. <laughs> I didn't see
1: that. Maybe Matthew will have another break somewhere. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. I I, I I love that. Uh, the poster that they created a while back where it's just psycho uh, out in the middle of like, you know, just grass and, and like, uh, hills and stuff. And Matthew's just sitting there humping his leg. It's classic. Uh, it's actually my, um, uh, profile picture on my Facebook right now. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I just really liked it. I thought it was great, you know, how they uh, took, they didn't take it seriously. They thought it was, you know, they, it was ridiculous and they did it on purpose. You know, there was like the banana kills and the banana jokes. There was tons of one liners and stuff. And I mean, you know, like you can totally tell it's a guy in a costume, you know, you can see his legs and his arms and stuff. Like at that the you- beach.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, see, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. He's wearing tennis shoes the whole time. I mean, you know. Oh, uh, that was great! Um, and, and it was it was funny because even though you see that stuff, you can kind of still suspend belief for a little bit. You can you can still be like, you know, the it's it's actually a psycho wave, but it's not. It's just the guy in a suit and with some tennis shoes on. So. And then yeah, there yeah, there were uh, tons of references in it too that I liked because uh, they did like um, uh, the speech from Halloween that Bill Weeden just smashes, and. Um, Oh, or the uh, Hans Gruber scene where he's like, yippee ki motherfucker, you know, and I thought that was hilarious. And the whole King Kong, you know, thing and the, um, uh, uh what was the, the other film? Uh, not me, not me, Joe Black, What was the, uh, the other one. I can't oh, um, uh, like
1: all the, all the ape ones too.
0: Oh yeah, all the planet like, um, groups, too, they and um that.
1: Mighty Joe Young, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Mighty Joe Young. That was yeah. Uh, that yeah, that was great. Because they're like, you haven't seen the first one or, or the newer one, you know, like nobody's even seen those ones. <laughs> so, I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> We're into our interview section here with um, Chris McLennan. We're pleased to have you with us here today. Uh, you're the director of um, marketing and public relations at Sun Studios in Arizona of Arizona. I am. Um, how are you doing yep. today?
2: I'm real good, thanks. How's everybody um, doing there?
0: Good. Uh, you know, kind of early, but. Uh, <laughs>
2: It's okay. I'm making coffee while we're talking.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, good, good, good. All right, so uh, first off, we just want to ask you a little bit about yourself here, um, uh, see where you grew up and how you became interested in film and horror, horror films especially.
2: Me? Yeah, I've always been interested in horror. Just since, I'll tell you, this is a good story. I was five years old, and I had the chicken pox. And back then, when you had the chicken pox, they put you in a dark room with a TV and left you alone for a couple of days. But I lived in New York, so there was a TV channel out there called Million Dollar Movie. And it would play the same movie every day. Uh, Every day they'd put one movie that they would play all day long on a loop. So the day that I had chicken pox and I was in that dark room by myself, the movie that they were playing was The House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. (laughs)
0: Nice.
2: So, <laughs> I watched it, like, 12 times. It was awesome. And that's didn't,
0: probably didn't, what got me into horror. Didn't scare you at all?
2: Oh, it scared the hell out of me. But as I kept watching it and realizing that nothing was happening to me, it just, all it did was bring a thrill. So, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, that uh, kind of reminds me of uh, the first film I got to see, uh horror film, which my dad let me rent Child's Play, so... Uh, a, oh wow! You know, I, I was about eight years old, so it, you know, kind of left its toll on me. I kind of became a, a horror, huge horror nut after that. So,
2: yeah, I and it's just like after that, I just want anything that was on that was horror, I would watch. And so I've always been enthused by horror. And then when it's as it, I got into my teens, and we used to like skip high school, and then one year in high school, we, my friends and I cut and we went to the movies and we went to see The Exorcist.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: my God. That blew me away. That was
0: yeah, I, I, was... I bet you'll never forget that, huh?
2: <laughs> never. Never. So, yeah. And then, of course, you know, it, working here at the studios, it's great, but, you know, I've only been at the studios for, like, four years. About 16 years ago, uh, we started Phoenix FearCon. So, um that's where we really got knee deep in horror doing that event.
0: Yeah, so uh, so you're the director of marketing and public relations at Sun Studios of Arizona in Tempe. Like I said, um, how did you end up in that position, and uh, what do you guys specialize in over there at the at Sun Studios? Like, uh, what type well, of Sun Studios of is a? Uh,
2: it's a facility that does film and television and audio productions. It's it's a complete setup in there to be able to do a film or a, a television project or music video. And you can do everything in that building from concept to completion, including and up to um, getting your film distributed because we have companies in there that rent our offices that are international film distribution companies. So you can make your movie in there in our sound stages, have a cast and crew screening have a premiere screening in our theater, um, use our audio facilities for post-sound uh, and ADR, and then when you're done with the film, you can walk into the offices at a court and say, hey, here's my movie, do you want to distribute it? So uh, that's a pretty cool place. The owner of the studios and I go back about 20 years. He's actually the person that gave me the idea to do the Phoenix FearCon Um uh, Many, many years ago, he was just like, "Hey, why don't you do a horror film festival? We'll sponsor it." And the cool thing about our FearCon is that uh, the filmmakers who submit their movies, if they're chosen as the winners, he offers them a distribution contract worldwide.
0: Oh, wow, that's very nice.
2: Yeah, so it's one of the few film festivals that offer that kind of perk for the winners.
0: Yeah, and uh, the owner you're talking about is uh, Darren Ramage of uh, Brain Damage Films, right?
2: Darren Ramage of Brain Damage Films, yeah, he owns it, and uh, he operates all the distribution side of all the films, and I operate the studios, so we we are uh, our own entities in there. So it's very cool to have him there because he is a total fountain of information uh, and knowledge on filmmaking.
0: Yeah, he goes back to the, like, traces of death movies and stuff.
2: Yeah, that was his.
0: Yeah.
3: Traces
2: of Death. I remember we saw that one. One year we went to this place called the Museum of Death in Los Angeles. I'm sure you guys know it. Um, and we're yeah. walking around, and they have one of their rooms is a funeral parlor with a coffin in it, and inside the coffin was a TV with a DVD player playing Traces of Death, and we thought that was hilarious. Oh wow,
0: that's great. Um, so uh, this is the ninth Phoenix FearCon, correct? This is the
2: ninth one we've done, yeah, Phoenix FearCon 9. This year, every year we've done it, it's been either from one to three days live in Arizona. Uh, This year, because of the coronavirus, we are forced to either postpone the event till next year or someone suggested we do it virtual. So we are doing it virtual online this year. And it's jam-packed with stuff. So it's just as much stuff going on on the virtual event as in the
0: live event. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to a little bit of that here in a second, because I want to ask you a little bit about that stuff as well. Um, sure. Uh, I just wanted to say, though, that I did get a t- to attend last year's uh, event, and um, I was extremely grateful uh, to attend, and because uh, you granted me a, a press pass, and I had an ex- excellent time. There were so many great things going on there, and uh, I, I mean, I couldn't speak highly enough of it. So Thank
2: you. It's really nice to hear when we get positive feedback like that because it just it reinforces, you know, our our reason for having it because we just want to make sure that everyone who attends and everyone who submits has a great time.
0: Yeah, that's always you know, as as long as everybody's got smiles on their faces, that's what that's what it's all about.
2: That's the important thing, and just like the only thing that we can't do this year that we did last time at all the other ones was uh, everyone loved to take pictures with all the cosplayers and. And our big photo yeah. op that we've got. Uh, uh, so that's not available. But, you know, everything else. Uh,
0: yeah, I is. actually snapped a couple of pictures for a couple of people outside. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, last
2: year when we set it up outside, I thought that was seriously cool.
0: Yeah. So, Sarah?
1: Yeah, Hello. I'm here. <clears throat> um, so this year's Fear Can starts on October 16th and goes through December 31st. So with it lasting over two months, can you tell us a little bit more on that and then how COVID has affected everything for this year?
2: Yeah, of course. The It's going on for two and a half months because we want, since we're not able to have it live, we just packed it with way more things than we would normally do at the normal FearCon. At the live FearCon, you'd have maybe two to three workshops. Um, you'd have maybe three or four feature films, maybe 15 or 20 short films. And you'd have to like immerse yourself in all that stuff in a matter of two days. And because we were able to jam-pack this year the virtual event, now we've got it where we have got 12 feature films, we've got 30 short films, and then we've got... Instead of three or four workshops, we do have 15 workshops and panels and lectures and a, get a couple of guest speakers. And then we've got performers, where at FearCon we can only have maybe one performer. This year we've got five performers. Um, and so I don't want to make people binge it for two days, so we're doing it for two and a half months. So this way they can watch it at their leisure when they buy their all-access pass. They can go in there 24 hours a day and either view a panel, view a lecture, watch a performance, watch two or three movies, uh, and then if they get tired, they, they, know, they know that they're not limited to that time. They can just come back tomorrow or the day after. So that's, for us, COVID was a terrible thing to happen to us that we couldn't do our event live, but it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that we're able to offer all these things to people, not only here in Arizona now, but now that whole site is global, so people can see our event from around the world. That's
1: great. That's pretty amazing. When um, So when it comes to the vendors and all the amazing stuff that you purchased at the con, how do you pick um, what to sell? And is it just a first come, um, first serve for businesses and what type of things are available? You mean
2: when we had the live event? Yes. Okay. When we had the live event, we all the vendors who came in, were required to fill out an application and let us know what kind of merchandise they were selling. Because we tried to keep it inside the genre where it would be interesting to anyone who came that they would be able to get these items that were horror related or possibly just horror interesting um, from our vendors uh, where they couldn't get it pretty much anywhere else. So that was our criteria. And we would get like twenty or thirty applications, and then out of those, we would just choose which ones we liked the best.
0: And then, um, uh, with doing that, um, since it's going to be virtual this year, how are you? Uh, are you just selling stuff online through through um, uh, the website? <laughs> yeah, or?
2: this year we've opened up the marketplace online, and actually, the marketplace is online.
0: <clears throat>
2: there were a few. There are only a few vendors in there, but they're vendors that are able to ship and that this way we are we have the marketplace open and it's not it's even open not just to pass holders it's open to anybody who visits the site we've got a marketplace in there and then we've also got a horror art gallery in there those are the only two sections of the site that are free to the world Um, everything else you have to have an all-access pass to get in there but uh, we wanted to make sure that because our vendors couldn't be here and they they were losing that revenue that they at least had be interested in shopping from them online and since this is a big online shopping year I mean I I'm sure that the online shopping numbers are huge that people will be more interested in shopping our site online and now they have the option of not only selling to people in Arizona again they have the option of selling to people nationally, and if they do ship globally, they can do that as well.
0: That's fantastic. And um, so, uh, when it comes to the uh, virtual con this year, um, with as far as like panels, workshops, and special celebrities and guest speakers and, and all that, um, what what do you have anything lined up that you want to tell us about? Like to hear a couple of those.
2: Well, we've got. Um, um, Bill Oberst Jr. is our is doing. He did a keynote speech for us that is brilliant. If you're a follower of his career, uh, he's actually a really amazing person. He not only does movies and television, he does yeah. uh, one man shows that are very historical, and he's just a really really good, earnest person. So he gives a keynote speech that is brilliant. This year we've got also keynote speakers. We've got Dr. Stoker who is the descendant of Bram Stoker, and he's going to be doing a couple of lectures and a panel, uh, plus a keynote speech. And he's also going to be doing a panel with Lynn Lugosi, who's the granddaughter of Bella Lugosi. So it's like a pretty vampire-specific couple of panels that we're doing there with them. Um, we've got panels with the horror show. They're going to be doing panels of uh, what it takes to be a fan film maker, because uh, they've done a couple of fan films, they've got like six people on that panel that are all fan film, either writers or filmmakers.
0: Uh, and that's, we've the also last, got, uh, that's the last. That's the last horror show uh, podcast, correct?
2: The horror show. No, they're not. Oh, they didn't do a the podcast. horror show. It, Sorry. It, this, yeah, the horror show is their podcast, but they did a specific exclusive uh, panel yes. about horror fan filmmaking that they did a. Exclusively for us. A lot of, actually, all of the panels are done exclusively for this event so that they can't see it anywhere. Eventually, they are going to upload these panels to their own personal sites, but not until after our event is over. So, if you want to see it first, you have to see it at Phoenix ShareCon. And we've also got the Hail to the Stephen King panel that they're talking all about. They're all Stephen King super fans, so they'll be talking about him. Uh, we've got the cast and crew from the movie Followed. Which is one of the first films that was filmed during the Covid pandemic., uh, so they'll be talking about what it was like filming their movie over the course of a few weeks uh, during a pandemic, which I think is pretty cool. So yeah, it's just, all the panels are wonderful. they're just they're exclusive to us, and they just have a lot of information. And then um all the films, like the short films and the feature films, uh, we were going to do live Q&A, but we're having issues with our platform doing live streaming. So we are having them do Q&As for us. We sent them all the questions uh, that we have noticed over the last 18 years that fans and and film fans and film people ask them during the Q&A. So we sent them a list of questions, and they're going to send us back a Q&A from each, hopefully from all the films so that everybody can watch the film and then watch a and a afterwards.
0: Sounds awesome. And then, uh, Sarah, do you have another question there? Um, yeah. When it comes
1: to, uh, like, the film fest- festival part, how do you decide what films to play?
0: That's a hard
2: one because we this year we got 107 submissions and we had to watch every single one of them. <sighs> Um, so we watch them all and then we have a, a, a few judges that we have got that work with us and they all watch it, we watch it, we all give our opinions of it and then at the end we come up with a criteria, okay, is it a good storyline, was it is was it relevant, was it, was it in focus? <laughs> you would <laughs> not believe some of the films that we get. Um, And then, uh, and the sound was the sound good? Was the cinematography good? Uh, The special effects really good? Uh, Just all the factors that go into it. Was it uh, was it funny? Was it not funny? Was it supposed to be funny? Was it is is it self-aware? You know things like that that we discuss all among ourselves. And in the end, then we we give everybody a, a a grade, and then we go back and look at all the ones that we gave a certain grade, and then regrade them again so that we whittle it down and whittle it down and out of the 107 submissions that we got the ones that we liked the best were these ones that we're showing this year and so 12 feature films including one documentary and then um, 30 short films that we've broken up into four blocks so two North American blocks, nice. one Western Europe block, and one world, rest of the world block. We've got a lot of films from around the world this year, that including people that weren't allowed to go into our festival submission site from Iran because they're sanctioned. So we were able to get a couple of films from Iran, which were very interesting.
0: That's amazing. Uh, so, how did you, how do you, uh, what do you guys look for when you choose winners for, for the categories? Um, you said something about judges. Is that the same for, for the winners of, of each of the categories? Or? Yeah,
2: for the winners, we all, we all kind of like, you know, we all give each other opinions. It's just we're not super, super formal in our judging. We just, you know, we, I just chat with the other judges and, and we all decide which one we really, really like, the one that really stood out for us, the one that just made the difference. Uh, for us, it just you just have to watch them and see. It's just, we're looking for quality of filmmaking, really good cinematography, really good acting, and uh, special effects also uh, take take uh, a little bit of credit in all of that. Just just to see. I mean, if it's like you know, if it looks like it was made on Windows Movie Maker, then yeah, it's pretty much it's not going to win. But you could tell the people that went all out and really had their blood, sweat, and tears into the making of a film and or they had a really, really unique premise on making their films that it just really stood out. Uh, there's a couple of our feature films that are like that that we really, we had a really hard time deciding.
0: And then so um, uh, uh, last year, if I'm, if I'm correct, there was a, a separate uh, contest for the, the local Arizona filmmakers. Are you still doing that this year as well?
2: Uh, no, I don't think we we did not have a local because we've got so many films and, it's, and we're no longer really local. So we are going to have a couple of extra categories that um, we want to surprise people with. So uh, instead of the local, there'll be like a couple of other categories that we'll be announcing.
0: All right, Sounds good. We're here now with uh, uh, local uh, filmmaker Danita uh, Williams-Trigg. Um, nice to have you with us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. And so uh, we wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about the same. Um, uh, where did you grow up, and how did you become interested in film and horror? And what made you become uh, want to become an independent filmmaker?
3: Well, you know what, I grew up on the. Uh, well, I was born on the East Coast, and um, I have traveled extensively, so I really don't feel like I have a hometown. Um, just because I've lived everywhere in different countries, here in the United States as well. Um, What I always appreciated about horror is just the honesty that horror has, and it's different. It's not the same old boy meets girl trope, boy loses girl. Um, and then boy and girl get back together in the end. Of course, unless the boy at the end is eating the girl because he's hungry. <laughs> then it's really interesting. But um, I can remember seeing The Exorcist. I wasn't allowed to see The Exorcist until I was 18. And even at, you know, and by then it was, you know, 20 years old, 25 years old. And so, um, it's, for me, it still had a shock value. And I absolutely loved it. But I grew up watching a lot of you know classic more uh, horror monsters you know a lot of hammer hamner hammer films um yes. and just really enjoying um who's the th- who was the, th- the 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 claymation guy ray Housen Haas? i can never harry
2: Hausen.
3: harry Hausen, absolutely his films yes. just absolutely just loving them and then just graduating into you know um uh, what was you know, trending at that time, so I've always had an affinity for zombies, um, because I feel like, especially during the pandemic, right now, we're all kind of zombies, so, yeah, so anything that's zombified, I really appreciate.
0: Yeah, I'm a pretty big zombie fan myself, so I can totally appreciate that as well. Sarah? Sarah?
1: Um, How did you and Chris meet, and how long have you been part of FearCon?
3: You know what? I absolutely adore Chris McLennan. I mean, I would walk over hot coals for her if she said she needed me to. I actually met her several years ago at um, FearCon when it was out at um, the um, the haunted uh, – I met – Chris, I met you when you had FearCon – out that at that haunted, park? yes, way out there in the cornfield, and so yep. that's when you and I originally <laughs> met, and then um, she's always been in my um, uh, my radar, and it's always nice to meet other women that appreciate horror just as much as I do, so I was just immediately attracted to her and her vibe and her spirit, <clears throat> and then we've just kept in contact um, ever since, so um, you know, and then I, again, started attending um, FearCon as a guest. And so it's just been an exciting ride ever since.
2: Oh, and she's done some really good panels at, <clears throat> at the FearCon. And this year she's doing a, her and Tommy are doing a panel about classic monsters and monster evolution. And it's just, she does really good panels.
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to ask her about, about that here in a second as well.
3: So, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it's fun. It, it's fun, and it, it's it's fun to explore um, the horror genre. Um, and I always like to be the last girl standing in the horror film. So. Uh, the yeah. final girl. The final girl. The final <laughs> girl. That's, final girl. That's right. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, so you have a film company, which is called Full Figure Productions. Can you tell us a little more about
3: that? Um, yes. Uh, feel Freaker Productions is because, uh, they na- I named it that because I'm a big girl, and um, I need it, I-, I accept that, I embrace that, and um, I've had the film company um, for about five years now, and I have been able to produce um, and film about eight short films, um, two of them, only two of them have been horror films, um, but I feel like they are very... Um, uh, exciting and different horror films um, for me I'm always looking for something a little bit different um, I like to tell marginalized the stories about marginalized people not uh, people that you would normally see you know as a lead character um, in in film any kind of film any genre so that's what I love most about um, on um, full-figure productions um. You
1: also run your own film festival called A Night of Miss It Films. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and when it'll be running this year? And um, also, I heard it might be taking place outdoors due to the impact of the virus.
3: Absolutely. Typically, I have two nights. It's fa- Friday and Saturday night. It's mm-hmm. always the Friday, a- so Black Friday after Thanksgiving and the Saturday after. So. Uh- right after thanksgiving typically um friday nights are my horror and sci-fi nights um but this year and saturdays is comedy and drama but this year because of COVID, i am it's outside and i've just combined um the two all of them together i have gotten some really interesting uh very interesting horror films Um, this year, and sci-fi. And what I find incredibly interesting is a lot of my horror is from people who are in their 50s. Um, And so they bring a whole new perspective. Um, A Night of Misfit Films um, was created because my first horror short um, is about two little old black women who are cannibals. And we don't find out that they're cannibals until the very end. But as I submitted it to different festivals around the world, it was getting rejected. And so um, I became very disheartened that, you know, what's wrong with me? Uh, I think as a filmmaker, that's the first thing you think. Okay, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my film? Maybe this is not the avenue that I should be pursuing. And so when I, cre- after I created, <clears throat> excuse me, a Night of Mystic Films to also invite other filmmakers um, to screen their works, maybe that hadn't had an opportunity to be screened, um, my first horror short started getting accepted into other uh, uh, other festivals. So it, it's there because number one, I'm a black woman. Um, number two, I like horror. I want to give everyone the opportunity to have their work screened. And so that's how really A Night of Misfit Films um, came about. So, and I'm here. I'm in, actually, I'm in my first year, or excuse me, my fifth year. I'm actually calling it, um, a night of misfit films, four and a half, just because I don't feel like I I've, saw that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really giving it that five year, you know, five star treatment because we are yeah. outside. Um, and I'm really working on creating still an experience because, you know, I serve booze and food. And this yeah. year it's just going to be, you know, really nice desserts and, of course, popcorn and candy. And we're just creating this outdoor space. You know, and, and creating a space so it's not like you're just sitting outside in a parking lot. So
0: yeah.
3: that's really important for me as well. And so everything's just all um, included. We're going to have six hours of films. Um, you know, everyone's masking up. They'll have, you know, um, I'm taking all precautions that I can to, to protect everyone. But I'm grateful that I have the space um, when it was presented to me. I'm so grateful that I can, can do that. And then, um, didn't you uh, have a film in the Fest in the Fearcon Festival last year? Uh, Spot, right? Yes, I did. I had a f- my little four minute, five minute short called Spot, um, and I'm really working on developing Spot as a um, as a as a web series. Um, but it's just about a little girl and her her pet, her pet Spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a lot of people enjoyed that one last year. So good, good, and. Um, so, um, I also noticed that you were the co-director of Lyft, the uh, Lebanese Independent Film Festival. Uh, what's uh, What's that like? And how did how did you become involved in it with that?
3: Well, my um, my co- uh, my the director of LIF is a um, he's a French Lebanese gentleman, and I met him at the Phoenix. Uh, film festival, um, because there I am a uh, short filmmaker liaison, and he had a film uh, back in 2015, 2016, and that's how we met and became friends, and I visited him in Beirut, and he said, hey, you started a film festival, will you help me create a film festival, because there's a big need here for it, and um, that's how I got involved with Lyft. Um, And it's funny because last year, or at my film festival last year, I screened a Lebanese um, horror film, which was really nice um, because that genre isn't very big um, in Lebanon, but it is growing and the film was excellent. So um, I really, what's interesting about filmmakers is that we may all be different and our experiences may be different, but at our core you know, at our heart of who we are, we're all the same. And it's so interesting and fascinating to talk to filmmakers, spend time with filmmakers from other countries. I mean, it is marvelous. And if, you know, anyone out there is at a at a film that is a filmmaker, reach out. Talk you know, spend time with other filmmakers from other countries. It's 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 an education that, that you can't pay for. I mean, it's just phenomenal so I,
0: I, yes yeah I uh, had a director uh, that I met uh, in a film festival earlier this year uh, that I, that I was um, covering and uh, he was from Peru and they did a really great film called um, Witch Tales where they they actually uh, filmed it all in English and then filmed the same film again all in um, Portuguese if I'm correct. And so I thought that was fantastic, you know, Mm -hmm. giving people the option to watch it either with the actors actually speaking English or speaking their native language. So I thought that was fantastic.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So um, one second here um so oh, and the, the, your, the, excuse me oh, the director ahead. of lift i'm sorry for interrupting his name is um uh Gautier rad so if anyone is interested in submitting to the lift 2021 simply because of covid we postponed it this year so if anyone is interested in submitting just look up that information sorry about that
0: oh no awesome that, no I, that's that's what you're on here for is to plug all your stuff and get all your information out there uh So anyways, uh, last year, um, you and uh, Tommy Amal uh, put on a fantastic uh, presentation of the history of um, African Americans in horror um, with uh, guest speakers Fred Williamson and Ken Forhey, and I happened to attend that, and I just want to say that was amazing and and probably one of the best things I've seen, and um, I heard you guys were uh, going to gift some fans with another amazing presentation this year, so can you tell us a little what? about what we can expect
3: this time around great thank you yeah i'm glad that you enjoyed it last year um so this year we are just doing a you know a brief history of monsters um i talk about some classic mythological monsters um and then we move into um um, we segue into the 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 monsters of today and uh, the monsters of today are us we're the monsters and um, Tommy talked a lot about, you know, serial killers and the monsters that walk among us today. And so it's it was it was very enlightening. Um, when I started doing um, the research for the panel for the workshop, I just there's so many. Um, and each culture has their own monster, and you know um, it. It just reminded me how you know when um, you know I was little, and my mother said, "Oh, if you if you um, you know if you are um, if you misbehave, you know the monster is going to come and get you." So it's like each culture has that monster that the parent told the little kid about. You know, if you don't behave, they're going to come and get you tonight. Yeah, so. Ours-
0: Ours was from an uncle who said, uh, don't go near the oleanders
3: because the oleander monster will get you. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, oleanders are
0: very poisonous, so yeah. yes, they um, are monsters. Yeah. Well, there was there was a not uh, such a, a not such a great neighborhood on the on the other side of the oleanders, and that's why I told us to stay out. But oh, okay. I always thought that was great—just right. the you know the mo- the whole
3: monster aspect. A- absolutely. <laughs> so, um, it, it was a really interesting panel. It was really interesting, you know, putting it together, and I think. Again, I'm more afraid of the monster that's inside of me than I am of, you know, the Frankenstein monster. Um, and we talk about that, you know, Frankenstein monster is not Frankenstein, he's the monster. Frankenstein is the scientist that created him. So we we, we travel through that whole mythological, then science takes over and man begins to invent monsters. And it always turns out badly. Into you know how we looked at circus freaks, um, and I I use that. Uh, pardon me for that term, but you know how we created that and and making them monsters into just you know being the monsters that we are today. I always tell everybody not all monsters are bad, you know, because I'm a nice guy. So <laughs> <laughs> so
0: um, so I had another question here. Um, this is really for kind of both of you. Um, have uh, Chris go ahead and answer first. Um, So what's your favorite part of the FearCon and what are you looking forward to this year?
2: I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. It broke up for a second.
0: Oh, um, uh, so what's your favorite part of the FearCon and what are you looking forward to this year?
2: Oh, my gosh. All of it is fantastic, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to... Monitoring it and make sure that it works perfectly because that's the thing that I'm really, really nervous about. Because everything that we've got going on in there is amazing. I just want everybody to be able to see it. And so, what keeps me up at night is what if this doesn't work? <laughs> what if they what if they turn it on and they can't see it? That's a, that just makes me crazy. But um, I'm really looking forward to for people to see a bunch of the feature films and that documentary that we've got screening called the horror crowd is just um, just brilliant, brilliant. Um, All the features are great. A lot of the short films, and it's what Danita was talking about, um, the different cultures and what they perceive as monsters. There's quite a few of them in there from a bunch of different countries with their perception of their monsters, and that's something that I really want everybody to focus on our short films uh, from around the world, because they're wonderful. And of course, all the panel discussions, all these people put their their heart and soul into these panels and they should definitely take advantage of them. And that's, that's, again, the reason why we're doing this festival for so long. So everybody has that opportunity.
1: And um, with you, Danita, what's your favorite part of the con? And what are you most looking forward to?
3: I always, I love to see um, fans of the genre get together. And, um, just be able to sort of be themselves, because I know as a, as a, as a horror fan, you know, I of, often get sort of marginalized and told that I'm weird, um, and so it's nice to just be with people who understand the genre, they get the genre, they appreciate the genre, and again, all the different stories from different perspectives that are told. So that's what I enjoy most about it. Uh, and I'm just sad that I can't physically be with people this year, but next year, we'll, you know, we'll be right back with one another, um, laughing and talking and enjoying, you know, um, the genre and the festival.
1: Yep.
0: And uh, for you, Chris, uh, I wanted to ask are you going to have the, uh, with, uh, the Unicorn Pornicorner Theater, or what was that again? Oh.
2: Unipornicorn Theater, yes. Yes, okay. They were actually down there there the other day at the studios, they were practicing and it was just I I can't stop laughing. It's just it's so offensive and hilarious at the same time. Um, definitely do not miss that. Unipornicorn is something for the ages.
0: Yeah, I had to throw that out there just so people know what they're missing out on if they don't get a chance to check that out. Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, Mike Flanders,
2: and they do the Unipornicorn, but he also has, like, a really super cool... When you want to talk about a horror fan, uh, Mike has a haunted... A haunt that he built in his backyard that is huge, and he opens it up to the public. Anyone that wants to go down there, uh, he opens it up for them, and it's just really scary. He just... He adds little elements to it every year. So he's a huge horror fan, and he's also a huge con fan. And so the, he just mixed the two elements with this unicorn, uh, and they wear really cool, funny costumes, and they just recite fan fiction that's just really horrific <laughs> yeah. and reenacted on stage.
0: All right, and so uh, as we reach the end here, um, is there anything you guys would like to f- let fans know about? Uh, any projects um, coming up that people might want to follow, stay up to date with? Let me go ahead first, Chris.
2: Oh, okay. Well, just my, the FearCon is really our our big our big <laughs> event here. We have Rocky Horror coming up, a live Rocky Horror event that we're doing on October the thirtieth. We're doing it as like Danita is doing it. We're doing it outside in our lot. And we've got uh, the agents of lust are going to be there, and the rainbow family circus is going to be there. So it'll be at some studios on October the 30th. They can get tickets at azrocky.com, and then the other one is, uh, of course, they can get tickets for Phoenix FearCon at phoenixfearcon.com. Those are my two big events.
0: And did you have anything,
3: Danita? You wanted to? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Sure, thanks. Um, just a night of misted films, which is November the twenty eighth, twenty twenty. It's going to be. I'm going. I'm going. Great, uh, Chris. I have some, uh, some great horror films that I think you're going to really enjoy. Um, it's outside oh. again this year. Um, it, oh, not again this year, but but outside. Um, November the twenty eighth. It's from five p.m. until eleven. The first hour, uh, you know, while we're waiting for the sun to go down, uh, films start right at 6 p.m., but that first hour is meet and greet. Um, Filmmakers, there's um, prepackaged desserts that you can um, enjoy. Uh, There's beer and wine and soda and water. That's all part of your ticket. You can just go to Film Freeway, A Night of Misfit Films. I'm only selling 60 tickets so that we can make sure that we're all socially distancing. There's tons of room there, but I just want to, um, you know, 60 tickets plus filmmakers plus my volunteers. There's still going to be, you know, almost 90 people, um, but there's tons of room. So, there's no uh, cash taken out the door because I'm just trying to restrict, you know, um, exchanging money and all of that. So, again, beer and wine, water, soda, wonderful desserts, popcorn, candy, um, all Served in a very, very safe way, um, and then come and we can have you know um, uh, watch films under the stars. There's I have two screens, so wherever you're at, you're going to be able to see the film. So, again, Film Freeway and Night of Misfit Films tickets. So, come out and support uh, local Arizona filmmakers and international filmmakers as well. And then, how much were
0: tickets running for that?
3: Just tickets just are here? twenty bucks. Uh, you okay. can't beat that. Wow. Twenty bucks. You get you know two drinks with that you get all you know you get desserts popcorn candy all of that for twenty dollars i i wanted to keep it um i wanted to keep it um you know, economical. Also, we're doing a um, two, we're awarding two masks. So, the most beautiful, most interesting mask. If you don't have a mask, we will provide a mask for you. Um, So, we're doing that little contest as well. So, make an interest. have an interesting mask. Who knows? You may win. Um, And again, we're just trying to keep, uh, I'm trying to take every precaution available in the middle of this, you know, crazy pandemic.
0: And then, Chris, uh, how much were the tickets running for the FearCon this year?
2: Oh, the all-access passes are $25 uh, for the whole two-and-a-half months. It gives you access to all the components, all the feature films, all the shorts, all the uh, uh, workshops, panels, and lectures, all the performances. Everything is included.
0: Uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you if you miss anything, can you go back on and, and catch it later? or?
2: The only thing that's limited in any of the components are the feature films, because all the feature films are screening two days at a time, and that's it. One, and one film, in fact, uh, limited their screening to one day and one time. So that was uh, the only limitation is on the feature films, and all of them are specific on the site, the dates that they're screening. Everything else is available for the whole two and a half months.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you, ladies, and I uh, want to thank you both for um, coming out and coming and spend some of your time and talk to me, and um, uh, we're glad we to have you. We appreciate all
3: your yes. good work, and Danita, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, Chris, and thank you, Donovan, and thank you, Sarah, for having me today, Incredible. and hopefully we'll see the both of you soon.
0: Yes, definitely.
3: Yes. <laughs> I look forward
2: yeah. to seeing you guys as well. You te- you all take care, and thank you so much for everything. Denita Sarah, Donovan, you guys are awesome.
0: Thank you. You, too. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Still Take there, care. Thank- yeah, you, too. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All Bye right, bye. We just got finished talking with uh, Chris McLennan and Danita Williams-Trigg, and once again, we thank you, you ladies, for um, coming on the show. I uh, really enjoyed that. And uh, before we sign off, Sarah, did you have anything you wanted to mention?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't have anything specific for myself yet on projects. Um, however... I highly recommend giving um, House of Tortured Souls, John, uh, his podcast, The Witching Hour, a f- listen and follow, and same with the Jay Alexis show.
0: All right. And then, um, and yeah, also you can, you can check out the uh, In the Mouth of Monster podcast on House of Tortured Souls podcast as well. And this ep- episode will be dropping really soon. Um, you can follow me, Monster Dugan, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Monster Dugan. Um, I also have a book uh, with a couple short stories coming out that will be available for pre- pre-order on October 30th. Called, the book is called It Came From uh, the Darkness by Red Cape Publishing and Philip Rogers PR. Uh, the book benefits Max the Brave, which is a charity for kids fighting cancer, so definitely go pick up that book and support it. Um, there's... Um, uh, there's a lot of great uh, people attached to that book uh, Deborah Lamb, Courtney Palm, uh, Billy Pond, and Tori Danielle Romero and Tracy Allen, who run Pop Board. So So, um, plus a ton of other amazing directors, actors, writers. Um, so, just keep an eye out for that book. And um, also, don't forget to grab yourself a copy of Psycho Ape, which will be available on DVD very soon, uh, which I'm an executive producer of. So, uh, I'm very biased, but the film's going to be bananas, so check that out and don't don't miss it. And also, you can catch me um, every other Thursday on the podcast, uh, The Shitty Shark Show, what I do with um, um, Madeline, um, with Maddie, uh, Keith, and uh, John. So um, be sure to check that out. We're dropping new episodes every other Thursday, like I said. And uh, so that's it. <laughs>